film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Because Indie Film continues to suck. It sucks. Hey, we're missing somebody tonight. We are. No uh, no Brock Roberts. Where's he at? He's on assignment. Doing who knows what, but just for the betterment of of America and filmmaking everywhere. And mankind. And mankind. Right. He's Superman Brock. He is. Exactly. So I'll ask you, Grega, what's your suck? Oh, yeah, that's why I miss Brock being here, because he's not, he doesn't take the first one. Uh, my suck is promotion. All right. Promotion is such a grind. It is so hard to get people to pay attention to what you're doing. It's It's just a relentless sort of thing that never stops, and it's really, it is a full-time job. If it's not your full-time job, it's so incredibly difficult to do it. Yeah. Because you never really know who's watching, who's listening, who's paying attention. You're just kind of throwing stuff out there and and hoping that you're getting a return yeah. on your investment of time. That's... You know, and, and if you don't have a huge marketing budget, which we certainly don't, it's uh, it's just lots of pounding the metaphorical ground, I guess, right. because you're pounding the internet, just trying to make something catch, trying to get some feedback, and just trying to get feedback out of people. That's, is... that's my suck right there, feedback. Yeah? That's that's where I was going. And, and you put in a promotion, and I get that too, but feedback. It's like we're doing this podcast, and you try to leave the little tricks and trailers on the little webs or the, the Facebook, right? Yeah. And it's just you just try to get that feedback. And, and the same circle of group of friends always will give you feedback. Yes. Love it. Those are the same people that go see your movies. Those are the same people that do it. Yes. But – I'm a stage actor, and that immediate feedback was always important. You knew whether it worked or didn't work. You adjusted accordingly to the next, but once you got that feedback, you knew what was going on. This, like film, like this, we're talking to the air. We're down in the basement. There's nobody, right? We're going to put this thing out, and we have no idea who's listening to it except for some matrix we're getting from Podbeam that says three people in Denmark. Hey, shout out to Denmark. Yeah, Denmark, Yeah, who else is on that, right? I, uh... But we are international, <laughs> That's baby. Right. Global, baby. Denmark, Germany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where else? Australia, Canada. Yeah. But Denmark, we've been, you know. You're crushing it, Denmark. Thank yes, you. Thank, thank you, you, Denmark. Thank you very much. Yes, exactly. Okay, I digress. <laughs> but I had to say that. Uh, no, you just, you don't have that feedback and you try to do things. And it made me learn that when other people are asking me for feedback, they're going through the same thing. They just want to know that their voice is resonating with people or somebody's listening to them. Maybe they're not not getting anything out of that one, but they want to know that somebody's out there maybe paying attention or what you're doing. Actually, they give a damn about it. Yeah. And that's that's what's important, especially when you're in this blind medium of film. Because you make it in the blind, because you don't know if anybody's ever going to see it. So yes. that's that's kind of my suck, and it was kind of we didn't even talk about that first. No. Rock always accuses me of like using you guys, the catalyst mind, 
but yet I had this this idea, and you first kinda time for everything. It. Yeah, it was. No, I think a couple podcasts ago I had a genius idea. But well, <laughs> what's uh, what's what's on the the docket? So for this is what I thought tonight. Since since Brock's on assignment, and uh, you know we we've talked about all our movies. We try to get people an understanding of what we've done, the mistakes we made within those films. Uh, gave people a history. We started getting into Red Knight, but I think we were careful. We're careful not to get into it too much because we're not quite done with Post yet, right? So we don't want to... This close. Yes. Super close. So I thought we would maybe take a step back, and since it's just you and I, let's just talk about some of our stuff and, and what we've done together. And the first time, like, maybe I met you on going back to Vumame, 48-hour film festival, and... uh Hell, I was at the bowling alley when I knew I got promoted <laughs> to, because uh, then that's the way it works, right? You show up every day. Yeah. And people drop out, or you yeah. got to get rid of people. Yeah. And you're Johnny Bravo and you fit the jacket. You were at the bowling alley. Wasn't yeah, you? when you called me and you're like, hey, uh, I just got to let you know that, uh, well, we had to get rid of a guy and uh, we had to move James around. And, uh, well, I really want you to play. Uh, Eli Pesowski in uh, oh, Rhineland. Yeah. 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 Well, I showed up for uh, the 48 hour Vuma May. That's how I got to know you. Yeah. And then, of course, that you're just like, oh, this kid's cool. He'll come out. Right. Yeah. And that turned into a whatever 20 hour day, whatever, whatever it was. Exactly. That was your first experience in a film set, right? That exactly. First experience on a film set. So what what do you think about that? It was different. I didn't I didn't realize that's how films were made. First thing that shocked me about making a film and this and independent film people, if you didn't go to film school, I did not because acting is in order when you do stage acting. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the time it's in order. Film is not film is not shot in order. And first day on set, um, a lot of a lot of sitting around, um, yes. a lot of. But I was so interested in everything behind the scenes with the makeup and all that. I was I was so taken back and just like awed by all the stuff that was going on, the, 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 from the equipment to all the people to everybody. Kind of knew the because you all you all knew each other. Yeah, yeah. If you want to say that's a set, that was a set. But my first real set was Rhineland. Yeah, it where was you Rhineland. had big production stuff going on. So no, it was cool. It was it was really cool. I mean. What did you you had only done amphetamine up to that point? Before Rhineland, we had done amphetamine. We had done like four or five shorts. We had done a forty-eight hour film. We had done a investor teaser for the film we were going to make am, after amphetamine shuffle. So I, I had a, a fair amount of indie experience under my belt, and I'd worked on some other people's sets and right. did some other things. You know, I worked on Stanzi's set for uh, Deadwood Park and a few other movies here and there. Okay, so I, I had a, a fair sprinkling of experience as far as independent film goes at that point. Yeah, and uh, our mutual friend Randy Arndt was like, "Bring a book, bring bring something because it's long," and I didn't realize how long it was. Because you may be in something early, and then you might not get to it late, but you can't leave. Yeah. You can't you can't do anything, you know what I mean? So I was prepared for that because somebody prepared me. So if you haven't been on a set, my advice to you is just come prepared to hang out, bring a computer, bring something else to do, a book, or maybe just get involved in if, a little if bit you're, more. If you're on the... Uh, cast cast side. side. That's a great point. If yeah. you're on the crew side, you're going to be busting your ass from the minute you get there till the minute you leave. Yeah. That's what I always think about is the difference between there. There's something called set time, right? When you're when you're on a set, you're operating on set time, and if you're on the crew side of things, the time goes 
super fast. Yeah, never enough time. There's never enough time. And if you're on the cast side of things, it goes really slow. That's. It's like, what are these idiots doing? This is taking forever. No, I never thought idiots because I was watching you guys hone your craft and I had done enough other things in theater to understand that every purpose on there was right. Nobody was jacking around. No. And that, that's what impressed me is what nobody was jacking around. It, nobody was, didn't seem like you guys were having fun because everybody was serious, right? It was serious business, but I saw how much fun you were having. Yeah. Right. Didn't look like you guys were having fun, but now that I know everything that goes into it, there was a lot of fun being had. Well, there was, there's lots of, you know, you know, you're cracking jokes and, but you're still getting things done. Right. And that was the thing about our early 48 hour films. We had such a big group of people to draw from. Like those first couple of 48s we did, we had like 60 people on there. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we, we had more people than you'd ever possibly need. And you can hold an independent film crew together like that for a day. Yeah. No, now that, that's not going to translate into a long-term deal in any film crew because, you know, especially if no one's getting paid, right? If you're just doing it because you, you love doing it, a lot of people are, are going to realize pretty fast, well, I don't love doing it that much. See, but I didn't expect to get paid. I, I You know what I mean? No. Nobody ever mentioned pay. Nobody said anything about pay. It's like, can you commit to the time, right? Because this is what I'm going to need you for, and it's long days, and I think that's the expectation I knew going into it. So I was set up right from the beginning when you brought me in. Which but, led to how long we've known each other. But now. coming from Black Box Theater, that's not a usually a for pay thing either. No, no. That's, that's not equity acting. I've done a lot of stuff for free because I love the craft. Yeah. Just like I love independent film. So, so people doing little Black Box community theater, they're generally doing that for free on a volunteer basis. Those people can sometimes translate to the indie film world pretty easy because, again, it's like, oh, well, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing it because I love doing it. I, I wanted to stretch my legs in another medium. Yeah. I really did, and I didn't understand. I was I was stage acting up there with with trying to position myself, and you're like, dude, camera's over here. You know, it's just all yeah. these little things. It's just like, all right, Hamlet, <laughs> let's right. It's like it's, it's weird. Yeah. But then again, I was kind of like, oh, oh, you can do another take. Hold on a minute, and then you start your ego kind of goes, and you're like, no, it's not like that per se because yeah. we got to move on, buddy. It's like you don't just keep keep doing it because. It is short, right? It is It is a time frame that you got to get the scene, to get the shot, to get whatever you need to get. So, yeah. so we went to Rhineland after that, right? So you, suck, you sucked me into Rhineland pretty quick. Yeah, so what happened with Rhineland was Steve Heffernan was cast in the role of, of your character, Pestowski. Okay. And then Steve, like so many, like almost all of us had a regular day job. And he's like, oh, you know, my shift changed. So I can't really commit to this. I'm like, oh, well, shit, I got to replace this character because it's a it's a big part so i was like well who could i get i'll hit up mackie because i mean he did a good job in vumame and he stuck it out for the whole time and seemed to enjoy it so yeah and so that's why i called okay. you up and offered you that role okay yeah, yeah yeah and i honestly you're calling me and i'm just like oh man i'm gonna be in a movie i mean honestly i did i got that whole thing just going a move a feature film a yeah. movie i was like little yeah. did you know no three years later three years later uh but i'm the kind of guy who commits to something you commit yeah. to it the whole time and I needed to see that process uh, in order to understand this is something. I mean, it could have been one and done for me yeah, easily. And a lot of people are one and done. It's crazy how you get the level of people, the people that are committed and they're in it for the long haul. Yes. You can ask them to do anything and they'll do it. Because I think we talked a lot about everybody wears multiple hats and people have to do more. Correct. Oh, I think we said they have to carry more of their own weight or more than their own weight. I don't know what the phrase is. Yeah. But and then there's the people that are like, oh, crap, I'm out. 
you know, this is way more commitment than I thought. Right. Oh. And then there's the, 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 the group in between. So I was kind of like somebody like, man, I'm pretty dedicated to this. I, I love this. I didn't know it was going to go three years. No, Dad, no. You are nuts, dude. Nobody and, did. Nobody thought it was going to go three years. I didn't think it was going to go three nuts. years. And I didn't even know you guys that well to say. I knew Rob Tin Ceiling. Yeah. Right? All those folks. I knew I knew that crew and group, but I had no idea about rewrites and this. Oh, or we need yeah. this. Or we need that. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to know how you made the phone call. How do you, how'd you keep everybody together for that long? Uh... I have no idea, really. I mean, I mean, do you really question yourself now and just yes. go, how did you do it? Yes, I, I just basically, I guess, presented it like this is happening one way or another, with or without you. And people just fell in behind that somehow. Yeah. You know, Rhineland was such a hard movie to make. And it was outside in the winter, cold. Every day was cold as hell. Yeah, There, there were a couple times when morale dipped really low. And people were unhappy, like, why am I doing this? Why am I making this movie? I'm not getting paid no, to we, even we, make this movie. I, we were miserable. Yeah. I mean, I know you were miserable from a, from holding it together, but people were. I mean, it was, lo- it was long and cold. Oh, and I know. It was not. It was, it was professional, but it was not a Hollywood movie set no, by any sense all. of imagination. It's, yeah. And then, then somehow, I mean, I would sense when morale was at its lowest <laughs> point, and then I'd come in and give this big speech. Let's go. And everyone would get fired up. The and, general, okay. the general's here. Yeah. Okay, good. I got him. I got him for another couple weeks. Now, where's the tank? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was, uh, there was one day, like, your fiance's sister died or yeah, something like that. Yeah, she committed suicide. Yeah, and, and I was like, I gotta freaking, you know, I, I don't know. I was like, how do I get out? Of it? I, I gotta, I don't, I didn't go. I know. I, <laughs> I mean, feel bad. I, I, we wrapped you. No, early. quick. No, yeah. you shot me. Yes, you moved me up, and I had to go. But we were what hour and a half away from where I had to be. Yeah, out in St. Charles, and uh, but it was just one of these things where it's like you're torn between this stuff. And well, I didn't have cell service. No, and we came back to whatever area we did. I got the message, and I'm just like, dude, I gotta go. You know, like, hey, we got to shoot this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if you got to go, go. Yeah, I mean, I I, I remember that because we were doing, like, pyrotechnics and explosions that day. And, yep. You know, I was like, oh, I feel bad, man. You know, stay as long as you can. Yeah, and you, if you got to go, I, you got to go. I got to make the call for yeah. sure, 100% on that. But it was one of these things where, man, we're out in the middle of this movie set and stuff happens in life. Yeah. And that was tragic. Um, But it was, it was just, I don't know, that was... What a strange! I forgot all about that. I know. Yeah, that was yeah, that was way way long time ago with the girlfriends. And then there was a, <laughs> there was another situation. This wasn't with you, it was with a, a different actor. So this was this was our first day that we had a lot of vehicles on set. We had like I don't know six or eight period World War II vehicles. We had this whole tent city set up, and everyone's there except for one actor. And so I'm I'm talking to the first AD, and I'm like, "Where's so and so?" And she's like. Uh, yeah, he's he's sick. He's throwing up. He's he he can't make it. I'm like, oh, he's sick. So he's not dead, is he? I'm like, no, <laughs> he's not dead. Here. Oh, well, if he's not dead, then he's he can fucking be here. So right. tell him to get his ass here. And like, no matter what I did or said or wanted, it was not going to happen. So I had to rewrite this whole. I had to rewrite the whole scene like on the spot and excuse like the absence of his character and all all this horse shit that I had, I had to come up with. In the middle of orchestrating you know, the rest of the chaos. That's funny that you say that because now that I'm on production, right, the production side, yeah, and uh, I see how important that is 
when somebody's not there, something changes. And I feel for that person, which you do too, Mm -hmm. all, all production does, but I see how hard those decisions have to be made and why sometimes it's driven towards, can you just get here, please? Can you just make it, please? I mean, it's just one of those things where I didn't see that before because I'm just like, and I didn't know this situation, sure. right, that was going on. But I see it in other things like, what do you do? And you have to, nobody's getting paid. You may not have the set again. You may not have all the stuff again. You have to You have to step up to that level and just go, I, I have to get it. And, and there's almost a panic. Or yeah. uh, it, it becomes anger or pissed off. And it's like, what, a plethora of emotions that I never knew as an actor because I was there. Yeah, I was doing my thing. Yeah, but when I couldn't make it, I didn't realize how much detriment it did to the rest of everything, because nobody else understands the pressure that an independent production crew is under to get what they need to get. Very, very. And now true. I find myself begging people to stay or, 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 or rallying up the crowd to go, "Hey guys, we're almost done." You know, blah 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 blah. I think you said in the last one, first one to get there, last one to leave. As long as they see that. Then I think that that's how you hold the cohesion together. Yeah, and, usually. And that's usually. how you get three years, and that's how you get all these other things. And, you know, and that's that's the thing when when you're casting. That's why so many so many films, and even Hollywood films, but that's why definitely indie films. You see a lot of people cast the same people over and over mm-hmm. again, because if you know someone is reliable, that is solid gold. Yeah, just one unreliable person can fuck up everything. And I've had that. There was this actress that I cast in our Killers Resolute uh, web series. Great, fantastic actress. Unreliable. I did not know this. Right. Because she had worked with another director that I know, and she was fine. And then for... For some reason. For she TKR, <laughs> yeah. Then on, on the day of our shoot, she flakes. She doesn't show up. I can't get a hold of her. Luckily, where we were shooting, uh, the guy's roommate, she was able to step in and, and do the role. Nice. And then... You know, then I finally get a hold of this gal, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah happened, and this and that happened, but I'd love to make it up to you, and this and that. Like, okay, fine. And my my philosophy is I'll give anyone a second chance. Right. Anyone at all a second chance. I will not give anyone a third chance. So if if you fuck me twice, then we're done. <laughs> I will I will never, never work with you again. I, I gave her that second chance, and she fucked me the second oh, no. time. Oh, yep. God, Gregor. Yep. So oh, that, that was the end of that. And oh. then someone else was going to cast her in a film, and they asked my opinion. I said, she's unreliable. She's oh, a flake. She will, that, she'll burn you. They didn't listen to me. They, they cast they, her. They burned. Oh, and, no. And she flaked. Oh man! Yeah. See, and that's that's the honesty of the business, though, right? Yeah. Somebody called you and you said, "Hey, I, I don't, I got to tell you honestly what you may or may not get from this person because this yeah. is my experience." I mean, do you find that a lot? That a lot of people in the independent world are like that, or do they try to protect people, or they try to get people jobs, or it's pretty true from what I've seen. People are pretty honest about cast, crew, you know, who you're bringing on, who you're not bringing on. Is that? Yeah, your reputation's everything, and it okay. definitely precedes you. If someone is a a difficult person to work with, that that gets around. Okay, definitely in in indie film world because margins are so tight, you you don't have any time or money. But for Red Knight, how many changes we had to bring in, relying on people to bring in those other actors oh, yeah. that we needed, they nailed it. We they crushed it. But did you depend on reputation there from what other people told you? When you when you reached out to other people to bring in some of these other actors, uh, yes, yeah, 
That's yeah, because Red Knight, you know, like every movie I, I've done, has had some sort of major thing that had to be adjusted on the fly. Yeah, and that's every independent film that I've worked on. It's it's rare if that doesn't happen. Maybe with a short film, you have a little more control, but with the feature. It's almost guaranteed at some point something is going to go wrong. Yeah. Something is going to go sideways, and then you have to adjust. Sometimes with no time whatsoever, you have to make a decision, a snap decision, with with moments to spare. Say, okay, well, the car doesn't start, and we can't have this location anymore. So we're going. I'm going to rewrite the scene. Give me five minutes, and we're we're doing it minus the car or whatever. Right, stalled car. Yeah. So- <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I've had that happen with any number of things, you know, because, like, weather has changed. So we had yeah. to go from an exterior shoot because it was supposed to be a clear day, but all of a sudden it's snowing to an interior shoot. And you have to rewrite and redo everything on the fly. Yeah. And and that's, uh, yeah, that, that's tough, man. I was trying to think of for um, Game of the Year, which is the mockumentary, and 35 Days, right? Those yeah. were more Those were more run-and-gun shoots. Did you have? Because I don't remember anything on Game of the Year per se. Yes. Did, did you have some on that too? So the the big finale of Game of the Year is at this convention. See, we didn't talk about this. I wish we would. Let's go into this a little well, bit. Well, there were there were two actors who were supposed to be at the big finale. Okay. That their schedules changed and they couldn't make it. And this was at a convention that goes on once a year. So it's like we can't. We have our day to shoot this because tomorrow it won't be here. Right. So I had to rewrite this whole scene to leave out two critical characters and explain why they weren't there. Is that the one where we had to go to the guy's house and he was with his yep, girlfriend? Yep, okay, yep. I remember I remember that. Yeah. And then we all piled in the back of my car and drove. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was all changed from what and it, it made it better. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't. I had no idea that. What was the other one then? What, for on 35 Days? Yeah. Who, who else? Oh, that I was. I mean, called the actor, but. No, it wasn't an actor. It was, we were supposed to shoot an exterior of them trying to get inside this warehouse because ah. one of the characters who's playing a producer, because 35 Days is a film about these guys trying to complete this film. Anyway, that, that character somehow forgot the keys to the building. Well, we had to change it to they're inside the building, but they can't get in the warehouse portion because they don't have keys. Gotcha. But that had to be rewritten because, you know, we... we that worked it. and that really was good. No, it worked out great. That, was, that really made... That was awesome. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. See? Learning stuff here. Well, I wasn't on that set much. No. Game of the Year I was, but I still didn't know that's why we went to that guy's house and shot that whole scene with his yeah. girl. Because he was finally getting laid or whatever, you know, whatever was going on with him. That yeah, because he, yeah. he was supposed to be, the actor was supposed to be on set that yeah. day. And he's like, oh, I got to work or, I, you know, whatever I got to do, I can't be there. So I have to rewrite. Uh, but game of the year, when we did go to the game con. Yes. And we had one shot to get the pivotal scene. Yes. In there. I We didn't talk enough about that portion of it. But should we leave them hanging? Maybe they'll go out and watch it. I don't know. No, we, uh, we can... Screw it, right? So what Game of the Year is about, it's about a group of role-playing gamers who are friends, and they are trying to get on a reality TV show called Game of the Year. And they have a camera crew following them around through their exploits and escapades. So the the big climactic scene is at this convention, which was at the St. Louis Archon Fantasy and Sci-Fi Convention, which happens every year in Collinsville, Illinois. But we call it GameCon in the movie. And we have one scene where yeah. the group like implodes and they get in a fight and all this stuff happens. Yeah. And we had one take to get it. 
because no one in the room, room is all full of gamers yeah, playing so games. Yeah, so picture this. There's a, a, a segment off area, huge area, where people are playing different types of role-play games, board games. Just They got their own thing set up. And I think you had to like pre-register to get your games in there. Yeah. Well, they, they allowed us, because the security knew. Yeah. They allowed us to set up a table off to the side. Didn't tell anybody in the room that they just thought we were documenting of something, right? Didn't, yep. I mean, they had no idea what we were doing there. So we set up our D and D game. Yeah. And you know, we got the dungeon man. We're all sitting around the table, and it blows up. You could have heard a freaking pin drop when we flipped that table. Yeah. Over. I mean, but we got one shot to do it. Yeah. And we did not waste it. No. Man, we went big. I mean, people thought it would. It was real. They thought it was people real. People thought fight. it was real as hell. This fight in this thing. You talk about just. Oh, it was awesome, dude. It was. It really was. It was. That was. That was probably the most fun I had when we finally cut. We got outside and we could talk about it a little bit because I couldn't wait to see the footage. Yeah. I was like, holy shit! They really thought we were going at it, and the yeah. table flipped, and I mean, it was dice were being thrown, yeah. and they yeah. had no idea because gamers don't fight. Generally, no. no, right. It's just like kind of like, what the hell is going on over there? Anyway, yeah, everyone was, stops and looks. It was it was pretty awesome. Well, it was awesome because we kept getting louder and louder and yeah. louder, and yeah, that was that was pretty good. That that was probably one of my fam- favorite moments on set. And not even a set. I mean, I guess if you call that a set, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that that was pretty good. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know what else you want to get into here, man. We're missing Brock. It's the rhythm's off. I know. <laughs> no Brock. No Brock Hollywood. Right. We're, our movie's kind of almost done. We're, it's we're close. We're, we're filling. We're we're filling some spots here. Uh, I know we got a guest coming up soon. We do. We do have a guest coming up. Uh, who's that? James Dean. James Dean. Yeah. So talk a little about James and how do we promo him a little bit? Well, James is uh, another feature filmmaker. He's done a couple of couple of features. He's in post on one right now. It's called Triple Xmas, and his previous feature film was Fountain and the Vengeful Nun That Wouldn't Die. So he's he's horror, definitely a horror guy, horror slasher, exploitation, throwback kind of filmmaker. Seems like a super cool dude. Yeah. Hopefully he has some really cool stories. No, I can't wait to get him on there. So yeah, let us know what you think about, like, because we're trying to mix it up, right? We're trying to tell our story. We, we wanted you to get a foundation of who we were for our movies, uh, understand that we're independent filmmakers, we make a ton of mistakes, and that's why we tell a lot of these stories. Well, not a ton of mistakes, but we get, we get lucky on a lot of crap. But we're smart. We're smart. We think it through. Um, but we want you to see that we're just like you. Really what we're trying to do is get us up to the present where we're at today. So let us know if you like these interviews. We love doing them. We want to spotlight some of the show, the filmmakers around St. Louis. Yes. And I love talking to Nathan. Man, his isn't it couldn't it be more like us? Yeah, just Nate, just the stuff he went through. Nathan's stories were great. Wyatt's stories were Wyatt, great. Right, Wyatt was. I mean, just the stuff that it just it, it parallels, and I think a lot of people are getting. So let us know if you're enjoying those because we're enjoying doing them, and we think it breaks it up a little bit. Why hear from three white schmucks sitting in the basement when you <laughs> could hear from a fourth white schmuck? I guess. True. <laughs> or, uh, but anyway, just those are kind of things we want to break it up a little bit, and as we. Man, we're so close. As we get closer to getting Red Knight finished, we're going to start diving into the distribution. We're going to start telling some of the horror stories from... Yes. uh, From the front lines of 
independent film distribution. Because right. independent filmmaking is its own separate animal. And obviously, we're always going to be talking about that and the suck of indie filmmaking. Right. But the real suck. The real the, suck. The hard vacuum of space suck is distribution. Yeah, you don't even know. We haven't even talking about the suck yet. We haven't even turned it up to 11 yet no. with the suck. So we'll have distribution. We're going to talk about uh, film festivals. Yes, which is uh, another form of suck. Right. Those are the two big ones that we really want to dive into, and I think Red Knight's really the catalyst for that. But we'll go back and tell the stories about our other stuff uh, and how we did distribution through those. Yes. How we did or didn't do. We touched on them a little bit, getting to film festivals on those. Um, so we'll try to add in those anecdotes because that's our past, and that's what leads us up to the future. So we're hoping you're seeing the same thing as you listen to us and you're liking what we're talking about. But anyway, without Brock here, let's make this one a little shorter. Well, because we talked about the what, Chris? Oh, well, we talked about what we always talk about, <laughs> which is the best part of the whole thing. The uh, the highs, the lows and the in-betweens of true independent filmmaking. Peace out. On the Indie Film Sucks podcast brought to you by 88 Millimeter Productions. Uh, you know, all the socials that we're like on. Like and share. Like and share. <laughs> smash the like button. Smash no, don't, it. No. Don't smash anything. All right. All right. Peace out. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Yeah.